Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches, for going hexing. Happy, oh, it's belated. Happy belated Valentine's Day, everyone. Can you believe it's already February? It's, it's crazy. I mean, I know this month is a little bit shorter than the other months, but this month definitely went faster than January did. Like, so. what the heck, dude? What the heck? Yeah. Well, we were just having so much fun with all of our, like, sugar and spice goodness. I think. Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> so yummy. It really is. It really is. I love pairing it with our Venus oil. I love, well, okay. I love pairing it with a number of oils. I love pairing it with Venus. I especially like pairing it with our um, fire breath oil. I feel yeah, like bro. it gives it a really spicy kick. I like that a lot. It's like a passionate protection. Is that a yeah. thing? No, yes. No, right? yes. No, yes. <laughs> it totally is. It like protects your, protects the sustainability of passion in your life. It protects yeah, those pathways towards passion. Yeah. yeah. I love magic. <laughs> I love magic. And speaking of magic, which I wanted to talk to you more about. Yeah. I had the most amazing Reiki healing session of my life. Yeah, let's go through that. Yesterday, if anyone hasn't done Reiki, you 100% should. It helps you realign your chakras, your energy opens you up to like, oh my God, it just like releases so much like shit that's in your body mentally spiritually emotionally holy crap and like i i mean we've all been in a dark place it's been fucking hard it's been hard right now and i went in there and i went with my uh my friend cassidy who is this amazing healer oh my god everyone should follow her on instagram and we did it in this pink himalayan salt room called the salt cave and it's literally just pink himalayan salt just everywhere and that helps you like with everything, it detoxes you. And there's a bed in there. And we were grounding. We were sitting in the, in the sand because there's like pebbles of salt just like mm. there. And we were grounding, starting to meditate. And she's like, can I just lay you back? Do you just want to like lay in the salt? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So she laid me back and she started doing this work. And oh my God. And she was saying like, your spirit guides are here. Your guides are here. They're coming to me. And she, even before she's like, I was trying to connect with you and your solar plexus are just like, dude, you got to you got to love yourself. How are you going to fucking love yourself? And it just kept saying that over and over again. And when she said, your guides are here, I always think it's my grandma. And oh my God, every time. And it wasn't her that was in the room. It was my dog, Charlie, that was in the room. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm starting to cry. And Charlie was my best friend. He was our big beautiful chocolate poodle that passed away in 2017 and I didn't get to say goodbye to him and it, that's a whole other story and he was like my dog I picked him out we grew up together he was my protector and I always thought like I thought it was my grandma that was always watching over me but it, it's not it's been Charlie and he just oh and he just kept popping up and it was so beautiful oh fuck yeah no, cry it out, girl, because I have a lot of raw wounds when it comes to love. I know, I know, I know, which is why I like didn't tell you anything about it until I was recording now. Yeah. So it was so beautiful that he was there. 
And then I saw him playing with Philly and I was like, oh my God, like my, like, oh my God, my heart just like was bursting. And I kept seeing a lotus flower. And afterwards, like it went for like an hour. And she also, she did a lot of like sound bath healing during it. It was just such a fucking experience. Mm -hmm. And I asked her like, what does the lotus mean? She's like, yo, that's rebirth. That's literally rebirth because they like are such beautiful flowers. Exactly. Exactly. I'm showing my lotus tattoo right now. Yeah, yeah. bitch. Exactly. Up and that mud. it kept po- exactly. It kept popping up. And I was like, oh my God, Sean's gonna die when I tell her this. So the lotus is a big symbol for me in my life. I love that. I love that for you. Right. So I bought myself a lotus necklace this morning while I was sitting in bed nice nice gotta connect with those symbols that pop up in your life yeah so that was like i said if any if you can do reiki please do it opens up so many things and now i know that charlie is with me that's so sweet oh my god i was bawling and every time i think about it i'm just like a fucking mess so yeah no i get it i mean I've never done Reiki. Um, I've never had my chakras worked on or anything like that, but oh. I would love to have those experiences. So you, once again, always inspiring me, but yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. It's, it's healing. It's really fucking healing. And Reiki's also really scary because it brings out so much in you that oh, yeah. you don't want to know. Like you don't yeah. want to be screaming and crying and your body just in like full, like freaking just like doing whatever it needs to do to get the energy out. You don't want to feel that, but you need to. So it is, it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. And thank you, Cassie, for really, you know what? We're just going to have to have her on the podcast so she can talk all about her I fairiness. Think we might. Yeah, yeah. You know, energetic health, uh, mental health, it's not separate from physical health. You Mm-mm. know, um, obviously should be taken just as seriously. But I, you know, have said this before this stuff lives in the body, these memories, these traumas, these experiences, it all lives in the body. It all affects the way that our body works. Um, and obviously, I'm no medical professional, but I have personal experience with stuff like this. Um, I think that that's something that maybe we should all try and experience. Um, yeah. I'm certainly going to now look into Reke. So thank you. You should, dude. It, oh my God. You will. I just love that. Like I was thinking of the Lotus because as soon as it popped up, I just thought of you immediately. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was my first tattoo. <laughs> and I got that, um, that, and I got a, uh, crescent moon on my finger at the same session um, just to kind of like symbolize that journey um, through the mud that I took um, mm-hmm. when I was, you know, growing up in my trauma, um, growing up through a lot of unlearned practices, removing myself from the church, things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I think the symbol of the lotus is stunning. So Mwah. I love that for you. Mwah, thanks. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue. I know, guys, like you could form a drinking game on the way we segue, segue, segue. I know. I know, y'all. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> However, <laughs> take a shot every time Sean and Court say segue. We are going to segue because healing. What goddesses or goddess maybe do you think of when you think of healing? Just who pops, who pops up for you? 
frigid. Right. Same for me. There are numerous amount of spirits and divinities that pop up when it comes to healing across cultures. But today we're actually going to focus on the Celtic goddess of healing and a bunch of other things that we'll talk about. Bridget, I am so thrilled to talk about this. Yes, the Simple Goddess series is back, baby. Yes, and I also want to dedicate this to our beautiful friend, Alicia, who is a devotee of Bridget, one of my sweet, kind, beautiful, wonderful, very special friends for almost 10 years now. Um, So thank you, Alicia, for everything that you bring to our lives. This one's for you. We love you. I'm going to pop in with our resources only one today, but it is a good one. And I highly suggest if you are interested in learning more about Bridget, you take a look at this resource. Great uh, references in the back too. A lot of uh, research and history looked at for this resource. It's called Bridget, History, Mystery, and Magic of the Celtic Goddess by Courtney Weber. You may recognize this name because Courtney Weber has also authored a book on Ekate, who is my patron goddess. Um, Highly suggest that one as well. So yeah, I think I'm ready to dive in. Are you ready? Yeah. Also, Courtney's such a great name. I'm just saying. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Who is Bridget? Courtney Weber in Bridget, History, Mystery, and Magic of the Celtic Goddess, describes Bridget as the goddess of the forge and the anvil, of poets, painters, and prophets. She is a goddess of healing as well as battle, of fire, but also water, of love, and of death. She blesses small animals, guards orphan children, and challenges authority. She has crossed the chasm of regional land, goddess to Christian saint, and back again to a contemporary goddess of a global scope. Distinct as the multitude of tongues that speak her name and deeply rooted in creation, destruction, and regeneration, and sometimes contradiction, this is Bridget. Weber says that Bridget originated in the pantheon of the Celtic people, the residents of Ireland and the British Isles. The ancient Celtic world was a massive civilization whose height of power occurred roughly 600 BCE to 400 CE in Ireland and the British Isles, as well as what is now Portugal, Northern Italy and Spain, France, Southern Poland and Central Turkey. It was a melting pot culture which originated from tribes that immigrated from extensive regions of the world, intermarrying with pre-Celtic indigenous peoples. Bridget likely began as a collection of goddesses, some regional stone age goddesses, some imported with immigrating tribes. Celtic deities were literal representations of forces of nature which could be unpredictable and not always benevolent. Celtic goddesses were typically not gentle, loving mother figures, but aggressive, voracious, highly sexual, even bloodthirsty. Worship was less about reverence and more a line of defense against these divine beings. Bridget's earliest worship may have originated out of fear. So interesting. I want to put a pin in that because, you know, we see um, such a an interest in the early peoples around these forces of nature. You know, we have we have fire, we have storms, we have natural disasters. The thought that these could possibly be influenced by these deities absolutely align with the idea of worship through fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I just, again, I want to praise Courtney Weber with every fiber of my being because she is such an 
excellent writer and she presents amazing ideas um through her research and just I just uh, I love her anyway as Bridget evolved she was given many names which we will go into more depth on later in the episode what is important to understand though for now is that the Celtic term for an exalted being was bridge or brid Weber says that one medieval inventory listed 10 different Bridgets 12 Briggs and three known as both this led researchers, goddess lovers, and folklorists to believe that there was once a great goddess named Brig, later Brigid, and she ruled over all the Celtic worlds. The Celts held that the animus spirit was often female, and so the title Brig was often applied to the spirit's belief to inhabit sacred places such as wells and blacksmith shops. While Brig was the spirit of many things, she was primarily the green earth itself. This should not be confused with being a goddess of the earth. Brig was not a caretaker or steward. The earth was alive and cognizant. Brig was its spirit and its soil. Rocks, hills, and rivers were her body. Rarely did the Celts carve images of the divine spirits, but in Britain, statues of Brig began to appear where she was called Brigantia, says Weber. These carvings made their appearance as the Roman influence increased in the Celtic world. The Romans carved images of their deities and likely inspired the process. Some of the first statues and etchings of the Celtic deities were courtesy of the Romans themselves. Brigantia's first images are quite similar to those of the Roman goddess Minerva, a patroness of wisdom, war, and urban living. Like Minerva images, Brigantia was depicted wearing a helmet and carrying a spear, but her trademark image was a jug of water, which Minerva was not seen carrying. The water image preserved her connection to the rivers and streams sacred to the Celtic world. One theory suggests Brigantia was a sole invention of the Romans, looking for a local goddess to identify with in their newly colonized land. Hearing, Brig, Brig on the tongues of the natives may have confused the Romans, leading them to assume there was a great regional goddess named Brig, rather than Brig being an animus influence title. Then again, maybe they were right. Celtic spirituality linked the number three with all things divine, and so Brigid, the goddess, began to appear in lore and image in triplicate form, says Weber. Contemporary images of Brigid often depict her as a maiden, mother, and crone, associating the three sisters with the phases of the moon. But Brigid has historically been considered a solar deity, and as three identical women of the same age, sometimes called the three Brigid sisters, woman of healing, woman of smithwork, and woman poet. From her embodiment of the living earth, Brigid became the embodiment of spring. She became the patroness of Imbolc with her association with milk, in addition to her association with sheep and cattle transforming again. Courtney Weber says that as Christianity spread across Europe, the gods of indigenous faiths were either disregarded by the church or absorbed into folklore. Some were made demons, legendary heroes, and some were adopted as saints. The role of beloved saint was the next chapter of Bridget. Saint Bridget was identified with the Christian mother goddess figure of Mary, as Mary of the Gales, or sometimes the foster mother of Christ, and in some stories as Mary's midwife. The great cathedral of St. Bridget is Kildare. Ireland is believed to have been founded by the saint herself. 
it was widely accepted that the church was built upon an even older pagan shrine where a perpetual fire was kept in honor of the goddess Brigid. Like the legacy of Brig, Brigid was probably a title rather than a name for a leading druidess, the Bridge or Great Lady of Kildare. This Brigid oversaw the shrine's care, later leading its conversion from pagan to Catholic. Perhaps the crafty leader saw a way to preserve veneration of the sacred sites under a seemingly inevitable Christian transformation and coordinated it on her own terms. St. Bridget cannot be cast off as a modification of the goddess, Weber says. Rather, the canonization of Bridget as a Catholic saint preserved her and stands as a testimony of the goddess's enduring importance. And even more so, I know there are a number of, you know, Bridget fires, Bridget wells all over Ireland, many in the areas of Kildare, but, you know, this is just one specific one that we're talking about. All right, next section is the mythology of Bridget. Weber says that Bridget's origin myths bring no peace to the logical mind. She appears as an important daughter of a god in one myth, but the wife of that god in a different telling, while vanishing completely in a third version. Bridget's myths had many tellers and therefore many versions. Stories varied widely, circulating through oral tradition and local vernacular. As Christian monks later recorded the myths, characters were often augmented to fit Christian ideals. Shocker. We begin with Bridget, mother of creation, adapted from the mammoth book of Celtic myths and legends by P Peter Beresford Ellis. Quote, at the beginning of time, when the world was dark and quiet, a great tree grew from the new soil. It was the tallest, strongest tree that there ever was, called Biel, the sacred oak. The sacred waters from above nurtured and cherished the great tree. The waters were called Dana. Through the conjunction of Dana and Biel, there dropped two giant acorns. From the first sprang the Dagda, the great god. From the second emerged Brigantu, or Brigid, the exalted one. The Dagda and Bridget gazed upon their new world in awe. They chose to create order in the world and to populate the beautiful place with the children of Dana, the divine mother goddess who had nourished them from the beginning. Bridget and the Dagda took to the fertile valley, one that faced outward to the eastern sea, where the waters of the divine mother Dana would nourish the land on which they lived. They named these waters Danavas known forever after the mighty Danube. Brigid and the Dagda built the four greatest cities the world had ever seen, Phelias, Gorias, Phineas, and Murius. In these cities, the children of Dana would thrive for all time. These children named the Dagda as their father and the father of all gods. Brigid was the wise mother, having taken the great knowledge of the world from the sacred oak called Biel. Bridget was hailed for teaching the children of Dana healing, craftsmanship, and poetry, but most of all, she showed her children that true wisdom was first garnered from the feet of Dana, the mother goddess, and only where the water meets the land. Next is Bridget, daughter of the river, adapted by Courtney Weber from a traditional tale, a magic well once existed in a place beneath nine magic hazel trees. These trees held all the wisdom in the world, no one, not even the highest gods, was permitted to approach the well, except for the salmon of knowledge. The fish swam in its waters and ate the nuts and trees dropped into them, which gave the fish all the wisdom in the world. One day, the goddess 
Bowen was seized by fervent curiosity. She approached the well as she could not stay away and walked around it counterclockwise. The well's waters rose at her and drove her in a rushing flood. Bowen was swept along and in the flood, lost an arm, eye, and leg. The waters never returned to the well, and Bowen's body became the river called Boyne. The Dagna visited Bowen in her riverbed, and by standing with one foot on both shores, had several children with her. Angus Mac Og, who gave love to the world. Mitter, who ruled the dead. Ogma, who taught the world literature and writing. Bob the Red, who would one day succeed his father as king of the gods. And Bridget, who brought poetry and the forge. To this day, the bone is populated by the wandering salmon, looking for the hazelnuts of wisdom they lost so long ago. And finally, Daughter of the Warrior Queen, adapted by Brian Wright from a traditional tale in Bridget, Goddess, Druidess, and Saint. Quote, The Dagda dwelt in Glen Eaton in the north and met a woman on the day which was a year before he was to fight a great battle. She was washing, standing with one of her feet to the south of the great river and the other to the river's north. She wore nine loosened tresses in her hair. The Dagda spoke to the woman, who was the Morrigan, goddess of war. They took to bed. The place of their bedding was called the bed of the couple ever afterwards, and the result of their time in the bed was Bridget. They lay together all night, and come the morning, the Morrigan revealed a prophecy to Dagda, his enemy. Formians would land at the fort of Univis. She vowed to destroy the king of the Formians by draining his lifeblood and valor away, ensuring the Dagda's victory. Just um, aside, apologies if we happen to pronounce things that are incorrect. We are trying our best here, so thank you for your patience. There's a lot of words in here. There's a lot of words. A lot of words. words. So, a lot of words. Myth and mention of Bridget throughout Celtic lore and in what structures survive today are many. Wells are associated with Bridget. Two lepers came to visit Bridget at her sacred well in Kildare and asked for healing. She agreed, instructing them to bathe one another in the well until their skin healed. However, after one was healed, he refused to bathe the other as the sight of his former ailment disgusted him. He refused to touch his friend to bestow the healing he had just received. Witnessing the unkind act, Bridget was so angry that her fury caused his ailment to return. She wrapped her green mantle around the other and healed him completely. Her associations grew with her legends. Bridget is also understood as a woman hard bent on perfecting her craft, which aligned her with artistic bards, along with her traditional associations with poetry. Another traditional tale of Bridget illustrates the former. Bridget's miraculous works and tremendous charity drew the attention of St. Brendan, who came to visit her at Kildare. When he arrived, she greeted him in the fields where she had been working and invited him into her house for tea. As it had been a rainy day, she wore a rain cloak. Once inside the house, she flung off her cloak without bothering to hang it up. There was no need as the cloak hung upon a sunbeam streaming through the window like a cloth on an oak limb. St. Brendan, astounded by the sight, tried to fling his own wet cloak over the same sunbeam and became frustrated when it repeatedly fell to the floor. <laughs> Never worry, said Bridget to her new friend. I've only been practicing longer. It comes with time. She was very popularly aligned with the blacksmith and with sacred fire. Her perpetual flame burned at Kildare, still tended today by Bridgetine sisters. 
nuns devoted to St. Bridget. Weber says that Fiery Arrow is a regularly used nickname for Bridget, conveying the flame that she is known for, or perhaps as an analogy for the rays of the sun. Spiritually, Bridget's fiery arrows are summoned for direction and striking the heart of the situation. The fiery aspect of Bridget encompasses swift change, powerful manifestations, and a kind of spiritual internal combustion necessary for completion, drive, and inspiration. The fire face of Bridget is depicted as the smith worker. Calling upon the fiery aspect of Bridget will purge, shape, and purify and will leave all that it touches radically changed for the better. Oh my god, my mouth hurts. Wow. Ha. But the mightiest tales of Bridget are of her skills in battle, albeit the least familiar. Courtney Weber says that Bridget is a healer, ironworker, bard, and overall patroness of comfort and production. But the warrior was very much a part of who Bridget has been and how she continues to influence and inspire. A later post-Christian conversion story illustrates this, quote, as the enemies advanced over the plains of Lannister, the bishop pleaded to St. Bridget for help. The great saint handed him her staff and screeched a wail that shook the sky and ground, the very sound terrifying the invaders who retreated and fled. And another underscores her reputation as protectress of women. Quote, Bridget's sisters walked along, going about their day. When they reached the rushing river where stood a small legion of men on horseback from Conishit and Uinil old-time enemies of Lannister. Hoping for a passing kindness, the women asked for their assistance in crossing the river, which was quite rough even in the calmest of times. And the river's temperament that day was not calm at all. The soldiers refused to help the women. Back at the abbey, Bridget heard her sister's cries for help, and in her fury at the injustice, she summoned the waters of the mighty river, which instantly rose above the soldiers' heads, drowning them in their horses. That sucks. Somehow, Bridget's sisters waded across the river to the other side, the water never rising above their knees and the current as gentle as the summer's trickle. But Bridget wasn't only a warrior once she became Christianized, for she was known as a fierce woman prior to the conversion. Courtney Weber says that in the British Celtic world, Briga was the goddess of warfare whose name alone brings warfare back to Brig, the exalted one. Likewise, the Roman depiction of Brigantia was innately wedded to war, with a spear in hand and helmet. As Roman control settled in and religious attributes began to meld, Brigantia was frequently associated with the Roman goddess Victoria, or Victory, just as she was with the Roman Minerva, herself a goddess of war. Bridges' traditional associations as a healer, smith, and bard have a role in warfare too. The bard sings the song of the warriors. The smiths forge the swords used in battle. The healers tend to the wounds of the living. Bridget could not be extracted from warfare when her worship base was composed of a culture in which war played a paramount role, Weber says. All right. Titles and epithets of Bridget. Courtney Weber says that Bridge, one name for the goddess Bridget, means the exalted one or the great lady was frequently applied to female entities as well as women in positions of power. In folklore, the name Bridget is often synonymous with fiery arrow, bright arrow, or the bright one, although the modern etymology points to the root bridge, simply meaning exalted, or Bridget meaning simply lady. In Ireland, she has been called Brida, Brigioit, and Bridget. In Scotland, Bri, Bridie. 
Bridian in Brood. Wales has called her Brigitte, Bridged, Bright, Freit, Freid, Fred, and Freed. In what is now France, she has been called Brigitte or Brida, and in England, she is known as Brigitte or Brigantia. Bridget's influence even extended to the Caribbean islands, as many Catholic saints whose devotees passed through the islands found new roles and life in the voodoo religion. And there she was known as Maman Brigitte. She's been linked to many aspects of Celtic culture through her naming. She is exalted, a deity of importance. She is a warrior saint, a fire goddess, a smithy, a poet, a healer. She is intrinsically linked with some of the most important aspects of Celtic life and represents almost everything the Celtic people held dear. She has withstood the tests of time and was thought to be born of the waters of life. Arguably, one could say she is one of the most important deities in and beyond Celtic spirituality. She represents the immortality of the people, their perseverance, and their strength. All right, magical associations of Bridget. Earth goddesses typically have a penchant for working with animals. They speak their language, understand their impulses, and command their movements, Weber says. As Earth goddess, perhaps in her warrior goddess guise, and certainly in her role as springtime goddess, Bridget had a responsive relationship with animals. In working with Bridget magic, it may prove helpful to understand a little bit more about the symbol of the animals in the context of Bridget lore. Here are a few animals, because there are many, that are heavily associated with Bridget and her lore, but there are many, many more. Starting with the bee. Bees are considered by ancient Celts to be musical and productive creatures, reminiscent of Bridget's bard spirit and even that of the smith, the honey being the product of the bee's work in the same manner that iron is the product of the forge. To see bees may signify a gift of artistic inspiration from Bridget. It could also mean hard work shall shortly reap benefits. True to the pilgrimage spirit, the bee may also signify a new journey, either travel or of spirit. The Black Rooster. In many cultures, including Ireland, the rooster represents banishing negativity. The rooster's crow means dawn is imminent. Experiencing a black rooster in your work with Bridget may mean a time of danger or fear has passed. Because its connection to Maman, Bridget, St. Bridget's voodoo incarnation, it may also be a sign to listen to advice of your ancestors or serve as a reminder to pay them homage or pray for them. Boars. Boars had a poignant significance to Celtic spiritual practices. Perhaps because of danger in hunting the animal, the boar was a symbol of bravery, battle, and warriorship. The great war and death goddesses were often symbolized by the boar. In some stories, the boar was a shapeshifter and, therefore, representative of the other world as well. Pork was a coveted dish among Celts and a prime symbol of hospitality, with the meat frequently served at ritual feasts used to seal agreements. Bridget was even said to possess a boar herself, named Traith, the king of the boars. In Bridget magic, the boar represents bravery, protection, and leadership, but also cooperation, kindness, and diplomacy. The cow. Above all animals, the cow is the one most often associated with Bridget, particularly a white cow with red ears. The coloring of the cow is a symbol of the other world. The cow's ability to provide milk, which supported hungry communities during lean months, was viewed as a miracle, 
As milk production returned with the first light of Imbolc, Bridget's image of walking alongside the cow symbolizes the earth bringing food and health back into the world. To encounter or dream of a cow when working with Bridget is a signal of divine communication with this goddess, receiving her blessings and becoming in touch with her work in the physical world. The cow may also represent healing, messages from the spirit world, and entry into a new chapter of life. Dog, our fave. Bridget's care for dogs reminder that giving of ourselves does not always require sacrifice of all that we have, but only a portion of it. It is also a reminder that there is more than enough for all in this world, and sharing does not always create want. If dogs or hounds appear in your dreams or life when working with Bridget, it may warrant reflection on what resources you have in plenty and what things you might be able to share. Dragon. St. Brendan visited Bridget and told her of two dragons he saw fighting in the sea, and one called out for Bridget's help. The two saints discussed why a dragon would call out for Bridget's help when St. Brendan was present. Bridget explained that because he was a voyager of the sea and therefore constantly exposing himself to danger, it was natural that he concentrate on his safety rather than God at all times. She herself lived with less danger and could devote more time to her God. If you see a dragon in dreams or meditations while working with Bridget, it may mean that your sphere of influence has extended further than you might imagine. It might also be a call to set ego aside and perhaps show compassion for a competitor. It also might be a sign to call for Bridget's help in facing something threatening. I think that story is so funny because like these dragons are fighting and one's like, Bridget, help. And Brendan's like, (laughs) I'm right here. Hello. The dragon's like, well, you're always busy. So I'm going to call on Bridget because she's more all-encompassing than you. Burn! Like... Bye! <laughs> All right, moving on. More associations, ingredients for Bridget magic that are commonly used in spells to invoke or honor her, starting with plants. Dandelion, Toranin, Bay Laurel, Betany, Watercress, Wild Carrot, Snowdrop, Oak, White Roses, Lavender, Cinnamon, or Cassia. Stones, Sunstone, Ruby, Emerald, Moonstone, Smoky Quartz, and Garnet. Other items include dairy products, tea, whiskey, beer, candles, and of course, clean water. And common Bridget Magic colors are red, green, orange, yellow, white, and purple. All right. Entering our last section now, honoring Bridget. Courtney Weber says that working with a deity is effective when a relationship is made before requests are petitioned or spells cast. Like a relationship with a person, a bond and trust must be made before asking for great favors. Take time to get to know Bridget the way you would a new friend. Create a space for her in your home, if you can. These spaces are ideally set up near the fireplace or radiator, but are fine anywhere the pulse or sense of hominess is strongest. Fireplaces speak to our ancestral memories as the center of the home. Kitchens and living rooms are good options for Bridget working space, as both spaces hold the pulse of the modern home. I personally have my Bridget altar on my dining room table because that's where my entire family gathers. Like we don't gather in the living room. We don't gather anywhere else in the kitchen. We gather in the dining room. So, you know, amend it to make it right for you. Leave out a cup of tea or a treat periodically, or light a candle next to her effigy just to say hello. 
Regular observance of in-bulk rites, as you would regularly observe a friend's birthday, will help solidify you to the natural cycle of a Bridget year. Forge the relationship before you use it. She is the smith after all and would respect your forging. While performing Bridget magic will only take on a daily devotional aspect and won't be tied to any one specific time of year. Bridget practitioners may discover that some times of the year will be better suited for certain aspects of Bridget magic than others. November through January in the Northern Hemisphere or May through June in the Southern Hemisphere are the dead months or the dead quarter in the Celtic calendar. Being that this was the time when the Kalia locked Bridget away, this is a good time for doing personal work and healing with Bridget. Imbolc is a time for calling on Bridget for divination and for making healing amulets. Imbolc is also a time of house blessing and doing work on behalf of one's family or animals. As Bridget is synonymous with springtime, the season is perfect for home blessings and cleansings. The natural push of spring means it's a good time for doing justice-oriented work. Samhain is when the Kalik whisked Bridget away for imprisonment in Ben Nevis and the feast day of Mammon Bridget, known as Fetki. This is a time for magic used for halting. If there is a habit or sequence of events that need to slow down or stop altogether, this is a good time for casting such spells. Making ritual items from your own hands for a goddess is something that can always be viewed as a devotional act, and we wouldn't be who we are if we didn't suggest an oil for you. Courtney Weber offers her own recipe for a beautiful devotional Bridget oil that we highly suggest trying and using in your worship of this goddess. You will need two parts ylang-ylang essential oil, three parts sandalwood essential oil, five parts rosewood essential oil, three parts sage essential oil, two parts chamomile essential oil, crushed dragon's blood resin, one small garnet or quartz crystal, dried flowers sacred to Bridget or essential oils of these plants, ones that are pleasing to your liking. Sweet almond or mineral oil for the base. You can use olive oil in a pinch, but the scent isn't as enticing when you're not cooking with it. Mix the oil at dawn near the pulse of your home. Another option, mix this on the evening of Imbolc and leave it with your Bridget offerings throughout the night and dawn. For the strongest effect, prepare this oil at dawn, the day before Imbolc, and leave it for Bridget throughout the night and into the dawn of Imbolc itself. This will increase its potency and several times over. We also have our fire breath ritual oil that I personally use for my Bridget devotional acts. Mm -hmm. um, it does contain dragon's blood resin, which is associated with Bridget um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I found that a lot of my in bulk uh, recipes and rituals and practices were really boosted with this oil. Dragon's blood is an essential like booster, kind of like cinnamon in that way. Oh, yeah. Um, and since Imbolc is a time of boosting, at least for me and my experience, I used Fire Breath because I just fucking adore that oil. But, you know, we don't gatekeep, so do what you want. We do have the oil available in our shop. As Bridget was a goddess of healing, make up Bridget's healing ribbon to help you magically target pain. Of course, it is important to remember that spells should not substitute professional medical treatment. Courtney Weber says to lightly wrap a ribbon around the patient's head, neck, or area three times, or rub the patient's afflicted area with the ribbon if working on an area other than the head. Saying each time the invocation, may the bright forge burn, may the deep well soothe, may the green earth reclaim, blessed Bridget take away the pain. Knot the ribbon around the base of the head or afflicted area and let the recipient rest until the pain subsides. 
This ribbon can be used for ailments throughout the year. You can also charge the piece at the next in bulk, increasing its potency. Appealing to Bridget's dominion over creativity, the following spell can coax stubborn ideas out of uninspired minds. You will need your Bridget oil or fire breath, three red candles, and a pinch of cinnamon. Mix a small portion of the oil of your choice with a pinch of cinnamon. Set your sacred space and spend a few moments in silence. Acknowledge the thoughts that come to you, but do not follow them. Analyze them or try too hard to push them away. When you feel you have created the space, hold one candle unlit with the base touching your heart and anoint the candle with Bridget oil. Wick first, pulling it towards you and saying, Bridget, inspire my heart. Take the second candle, this time with the base at your throat, and anoint it before saying, Bridget, inspire my voice. Take the third candle with the base at your forehead, anoint and say, Bridget, inspire my mind. Set the three candles in your sacred space and light the wicks. Offer a personal prayer to Bridget for the inspiration you want to receive. When the candles have burned down completely, be sure to make offerings and thanks for the inspiration, even before it arrives. And of course, this wouldn't be an episode about the goddess Bridget if we didn't talk about the Bridget's Cross. The St. Bridget's Cross was believed to protect the home and its occupants from illness and disaster. Courtney Weber says to make your own St. Bridget's Cross. You can gather rushes, but wheat stalks, grass, or other reeds will be suitable too. If you're using dry or brittle pieces, you may need to soak them in water to soften them. They can also be made from pipe cleaners or wires. Take one piece and hold vertically, and fold another piece in half around the midpoint of the first. Take a third piece and fold around the second piece parallel to the second. The pieces should now make a cross shape. Take a fourth piece and fold around the third so that it is parallel with the first piece. Continuing clockwise, repeat the process at each arm of the cross, not overlapping, so that the center makes a definitive square. This is a good opportunity to meditate or pray, particularly on for something you wish to bring into your life via Bridget. When the center reaches the size you would like, tie the ends of the four spokes together. Bless and hang in your home or give to a loved one. And if that's hard for you to follow, there are a ton of YouTube tutorials on making a Bridges Cross. We've also seen Mm -hmm. a bunch of Instagram reels on making a Bridges Cross. If you want to do that, might want to prepare it for next in bulk. Um, Dry it out in time. So yeah, that's Bridget um, in a simplified way. This is a very complex um, and longstanding goddess. So we tried to do her justice with a um, concise Google Doc today, but... As you know, as we've said many times before, these goddesses are ever-evolving. These goddesses are very complex. They have a long and rich history. So this is a great introduction, but we fully encourage you to go and do your own research, do your own work with Bridget, and develop your personal relationship because it's all about the personal touch in these relationships and how you will approach them specifically. So best of luck um, with your future relationship with Bridget. Yeah. If you work with her now... Please let us know, like how if you are comfortable with sharing your experience. Please, like DM us, email us. Like we would love to know. Obviously, we want to we want to know all of your experiences because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Simple Goddess series. Um, rate us, please rate us. Please yeah, like please. comment about like because the boosting totally helps the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And we really hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you liked our last episode. 
you know where to find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on, you know, The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. And our Instagram is Lunar Leos LLC. Our website is LunarLeos.com. We're on TikTok, Lunar.Leos. Um, more shit's coming, guys. Yeah. More shit is coming. Like, just get ready for what's in store because it's gonna be chef's kiss yeah we have a little teaser we are expanding our product line um so please stay on the mailing list for that um stay in touch with us on instagram you guys probably can anticipate by now that we do launch oils very frequently so you're gonna want to be following us in some way in order to keep up with that um we have a lot of oils we want to launch in 2023 we're already thinking about 2024 so stay in touch. We love you guys. Drink your water. Um, you know, pray at your wells, pray at your rivers to Bridget. Um, and have a great, beautiful week. We'll see you next time. Bye.